Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Ned! Ryerson! Needle nose Ned, Ned the head. Come on, buddy. Case Western High. Ned Ryerson, I did the whistling belly button trick at the high school talent show. Bing! Ned Ryerson got the shingles real bad senior year, almost didn't graduate. Bing! Again! Ned Ryerson, I dated your sister Mary Pat a couple times till you told me not to anymore. Well? Ned Ryerson? Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Tuesday, February 2nd. Happy Groundhog Day. You all look beautiful today. I'm Jay Skeets rolling this morning with the Bassmaster, ripping them lips, Trey Kirby. hey yo. Hey, yo. We got the international man of mystery taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. Lily, and last but not least, making the magic happen is JD. Hello. There he is. Here we are. Shout out to the stream team joining us live right now on YouTube. Like and comment, subscribe, tell your friends. Let's get to 30,000. Email us your questions and comments for this week's Beach Steppin' Podcast. Tomorrow we'll be hitting the beach. Get your questions in now. Email them in, nodunksattheathletic.com. And we told you yesterday new immaculate items available for sale. Over at nodunks.com. Yes, the people are loving these. Of course, we're getting a lot of uh, where's my team. (laughs) But but we'll eventually get to your team. Right now, yeah, we've got a good five or six new designs up there. Nodunks.com. Go grab your uh, t-shirts or your hoodies. There's some shorts. There's a coffee mug. Go get it. Rep the brand. I like the idea of calling it the Where's My Team Collection. And we just wait and wait and wait and make all 30 teams. And the last one we're going to do is the Beantown Boys. Because obviously they're going to be the most upset about it. And every time we release a new batch, hey, where's my team? Where's my team? Ah, Don't worry. It's coming. It's coming. We marked it up earlier. Going to be good times. Or... It's a throwback to the show and love R&B jam that we did, and we just never make the Clippers. Because that was the uh, gag, the joke at the end of that uh, song. Yeah, we could do that as well, but I like the Beantown Boys uh, idea as well. All right. Fun show, as always here. Um, We're not going to get to every game, uh, but if you want to, you know, hear some thoughts on some of the games we don't get to, well, check out Tass's What You Need to Know. Really fun one this morning. JD and Tass turning it into the uh, National Geographic uh, channel for a second. Nat Geo there. You got to go watch it. Got to listen to it to get that reference. Or you can fire up the Athletics Daily Ding podcast too. Uh, and, and maybe they touched on some of the games that we don't get to here. Because in today's show, we are going to actually talk about the dunk contest and the three-point contest. It sounds like this is happening. I think Woj is like tweeting right now like, yeah, March 7th. Uh, we're probably having this thing, so that'll be fun. We're going to actually build our sort of like dream participants in both of those contests, so that'll be a blast. And then, Lee, I think, I hope, 
You've got another Bradley Beal <laughs> trade for us, even though yeah, right baby. now yeah, Fred yeah, Katz baby. and Shams are, you know, got an article up on the Athletic saying Beal does not want to be traded, and he's actually confused by by people like you <laughs> that won't stop firing up the trade machine. But do you have another one for us? Yes, I do. I yes. Do. Um, okay. Is it better than the ones you had yesterday? Because uh, you the, upset. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people. <laughs> no, I just, I just want to say a couple of things about that. Okay. Um, just because it works in the trade machine doesn't mean it's a great trade, okay? Because a few people sent me their counters with just like a stream of players and there's the salaries match. It's like, okay, yes, yes, the maths works in this situation, but that doesn't mean they're going to do it. And I'm trying to find a realistic situation where Beal is not just going to any old team the Wizards just dump him off to. Like, He's not going to the Thunder just for a bucket load of picks. Like, why would Sam Presti just give all those picks for a guy when they're not really close to contending? That's that's one of the other things, okay? okay. So I'm trying to find a realistic situation that could happen where Beal goes to a good team, likely in the Western Conference, likely. Okay. And in return, the Wizards get something that's kind of appetizing to them. It doesn't Now, I think a lot of people will say with yesterday's trade proposals, not enough was going back to the Wizards. You were focusing too much on the team acquiring Bradley yeah, Beal, but, but not the return to the Wizards. But again, uh, you know, I, I'm trying to look at it from the from the, the potential of like how many assets and trade picks, uh, draft picks do these other teams have and are they prepared to give up for Bradley Beal? Okay, so... It's, it's, you know, everyone's got their own idea of what's going to work. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. Like, oh, these are crazy deals. It's not that crazy. I mean, it, it could happen. One of these could happen here. But you're not going to get, like, three young prospects plus two draft picks in return. You're likely going to get one of one and one of the other in return. And then you have to make the salaries work with, mm-hmm. with an older guy. But some of the offers I get back, I mean, people, I'm like, oh, you, you're telling me my office stinks and you're throwing that at me? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I mean, I mean, look, you're really putting yourself out there exactly, when you propose exactly, a trade. Exactly, I mean, exactly. it, you know, you're, you're going to usually get shot down. From, <laughs> this from is someone. this is probably why I avoided the trade machine for so long. I was going to say, you made a good decision for 10 years. It's actually like tanking your career. Oh, man, we've, we've lost Skeetsy. He's gone. Yeah. What's happening? Yeah, we shipped him out. We're getting picks back in return. <laughs> yeah. We'll see how many they do. Yeah. Who says no, Skeets or the fans out there? But yeah, yeah. Lee, I mean... Drew Holiday getting three picks, I think, is kind of what uh, set people off saying, hey, if Drew Holiday's getting three picks, he's older than Bradley Beal. He's not yeah. quite as established or he's maybe even more established than Bradley Beal. I don't know. Yeah. But whatever it is, you're thinking you're going to get more than three picks. But you're saying you think it's young player and whatever sort of picks they're going to get, not one or the other. Or is it one or the other? Well, no, I think I think it's a combination of both. I think you, I think when you look at like what the Clippers got uh, gave up for Paul George, right? they gave up a ton of picks. In a different situation, right? They, but but also Sam Presti got the young talent in Gilgis Alexander. So I think what the Wizards are going to hope for here and what's more likely to happen, just because the Bucks gave up the three first round, doesn't mean everyone's going to do that. Okay, I think it's more likely that you're going to see the Wizards get a young player and a draft pick in return and then the contract on top of that to make, because Beal's earning $28 million, I think it is this year. So, you know, you're not, you're not going to get the same return because the Bucks were in a position where they were kind of desperate to make that move. And that's why they gave up. And the same with, the, with when the, the Clippers desperately want a Paul George right now. Bradley Beal's not in that situation right now where the Wizards are like, okay, we can just hose any team out here. And also, so many teams have given up so much uh, draft capital that there's just not that same man out there floating around. Not all those teams have it, and even those ones that do are certainly not just going to throw it in uh, like, they, like the Clippers did and like the Bucks did, so... 
You know, not every single trade is going to be a three first round unprotected pick deal. Okay, that's all. You I'm missed that, say. Skeets. We went through another twenty trade proposals. <laughs> I was going to say my off. Wi-Fi crap. Every out team has I come a back, and you're there. still talking about Beal. Like, what the hell's going on here? Uh, did you actually do your trade offer for today's show? Oh, okay. No, I haven't. No. Okay, we will get to it later in the show, <laughs> so you can anger more people. Uh, all right, five games though. One thing, pick some. Uh, some of the games from last night, we'll uh, weigh in on them, our big takeaways. First one, let's start with the uh, Lakers-Hawks game. Kaka. LeBron, Anthony Davis, they lead the Lakers past the Hawks. It was a good game. And courtside Karen got involved, Trey Kirby. Uh, so uh, Lakers win 107-99. They pulled away down the stretch. But what's your takeaway from this one? Yeah, a little GT, little game talk first. Skeet, standard Lakers fair, honestly, in this one. They play it close for three quarters, explode in the fourth. They got up to a 10-point lead. Shout out to the Hawks, keeping it close, making a lot of plays down the stretch. But LeBron just did his classic fourth quarter LeBron. A couple ridiculous threes. He hits the Jets on a fast break with about a minute left, looking like the fastest guy on the court with the most energy 47 minutes into the game. He had a random behind the back that he did out on the wing for no reason to throw a pass to the corner. Lakers win 5-2 and two on their East Coast road trip. It's a nice game for Trey Young, passing the ball really well. The Lakers wanted to take away his scoring. The shot wasn't there, orchestrated the attack. But like you're saying, Skeetsy, courtside Karen is the big story. Portside Karen, what a great nickname. As Dominique Wilkins said on the call, be a fan, don't be a problem. She was a problem last night. Apparently, uh, her husband uh, was heckling LeBron. LeBron said something back, and then Portside Karen got quite upset. The Lakers were up 10 at this point, I think, but that kind of guaranteed the game was over. There are some great quotes. LeBron was obviously asked about this after the game, as Chris Kirshner reported at The Athletic. When LeBron was asked, oh, well, my guy tonight, I don't want to say he went overboard, but he went a little out of bounds. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> What's the difference? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, overboard definitely sounds worse. Uh, maybe yeah, you're getting ejected so. straight up for an overboard because LeBron, it sounds like, didn't think these people deserve to be uh, kicked out. I'll continue. Too close yeah. to comfort for me, and I said my piece, and we could have moved on. Fair enough. Right. But I think it was so close to the officials, which is true. There's obviously very few fans around, so you can surely hear everything pretty easily, but LeBron says, I think it was so close to the officials. I think the official heard it as well, what he said, and it kind of got blown out of proportion. It's just like sometimes on the floor when two guys get into a scuffle or get into a little jostling, the refs kind of come in and try to break it up really fast, and it looks like a bigger deal than what it really is. That's what it pretty much was tonight, but the difference is we're on the court, so we're not having any alcoholic beverages. (laughs) They might have had some alcoholic beverages on the side, so it made them feel a little tougher than what they really are, I would say, and... That seems to be exactly what happened, especially if you saw the courtside Karen Instagram videos afterwards where she was still raging about being kicked out of State Farm (laughs) Arena after trash talking LeBron. How many times do we got to see this, though? Don't trash talk LeBron in the fourth quarter if you want your team to win. It just happened to the Cavaliers. It happened to the Raptors a million years ago. You don't trash talk LeBron unless you're already up by 20. And even then, it's probably still risky. But this was... Very strange to see happening live. Kuzma and LeBron are kind of just looking over to the sideline laughing like, what is going on here? They're actually getting kicked out. Some great stuff. Also, Chris Kirshner reported that uh, the fans were saying that LeBron was threatening them and using foul language to them. But I love this detail from Chris Kirshner. The Athletic reviewed courtside video from Juliana Carlos, the fan there, and others in close vicinity. And the only comment that is audible from LeBron is him saying... Old steroid ass. <laughs> what a line. Crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. There's an investigation now. These fans yeah. are probably just going to be told, 
you're not coming back to a Hawks game this season because it's just a bad look. You know, there's not very many fans in arenas. Only 10 teams have them. They're sitting very far from the court. I think they're 30 feet is what Steve Coonan said. Yeah. So they're going to keep allowing fans down at State Farm Arena. But like like Dominique said, be a fan. Don't be a problem. This was a problem for the Hawks, and now they're having to address it on a night when they should have been, you know, pretty proud about how they played against a Lakers yeah. team that's obviously at the top of the top of the standings. Yeah, what do you think, Lee? Uh, like Trey said, LeBron said he didn't think their actions actually warranted them being kicked out. I wonder if it was a combo of them, obviously, heckling and throwing some obscenities, I'm going to assume, at LeBron and the Lakers on the floor, uh, paired with maybe the woman pulling down her mask, too. Now, I know she's, like, been tested and all that to be allowed in the building, the rapid COVID-19 test, like, to sit courtside, and I get that. And they're somewhat far back. Though it doesn't feel like they're 30 feet back, nah. if I'm being honest. It doesn't seem that far at all. But... Maybe the combo of the two, her pulling down the mask when she's supposed to have it on, and then of course, uh, you know, the extreme heckling was enough to to get her to get her toss and her entire crew toss. I mean, she got some fifteen minutes of fame out of this, no doubt. Yeah, twenty-five year old courtside Karen, too. Twenty-five in air quotes there. Um, now the thing is, LeBron can't win in this situation because if they're heckling him and he ignores it, it's like okay, he just has to put up with it. If he turns around and fires back, then they fire up even more. Then it sort of turns into like LeBron was getting into it with my guy. And it's like, if you're going to sit there and start taking shots at him and then he fires back and then you can't handle what he says back to you, then that just makes you into a bigger loser than right. anybody else. Right. You know, so it's, 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 we see this a lot where like people say, well, I'm a fan. I pay my money. I can say whatever I want. Okay. But if the guy fires back at you, then you have to be able to take back those comments. Old steroid ass. I mean, that's perfect. That's just perfect. Because we saw him and he looks like an old steroid ass. That's absolutely what he looks like. So LeBron wins the game, owns the clown, and they get thrown out. I mean, that that's basically the way it is. But if you're going to go to a game, and I don't know why you'd want to go to a game right now anyway, but if you are, right. yeah. you know, and you're heckling and then someone heckles back, don't act the victim. Okay, don't, I, I can guarantee, I don't know what happened, but I can guarantee with 100% certainty, LeBron didn't just start heckling the fans on the side. <laughs> right. They started Well, he did heckling. call him old steroid ass, so maybe he did. Yeah, but that was in response. Look at this guy. That was in response to, you know, what, you know no, no players just finding someone in the crowd and saying, I'm just going to start heckling these clowns on the side. So, yeah. you know, they started heckling. LeBron <laughs> just destroyed them. Then they got thrown out. I mean, it's just, it's a bad look for, it's a bad look for the league and it's a bad look for those fans. LeBron... I mean, it's just another flex for him. Well done to him. Wins a game, clowns them. Great stuff. Yeah, I think Trey's sort of right. It's sort of like really disappointing for the Hawks as an organization here because all the attention is on their fans, this whole thing of them even sitting courtside to begin with. I feel like a lot of people didn't realize this was happening in some arenas, right? Yeah. Um, you know, this incident happens and then you suddenly see, why are fans even sitting courtside? Well, yeah, this is actually happening in a few spots in a few arenas. And you're right, fair, fair to... Uh, you know, question why the hell we're even doing that during a pandemic. But yeah, the attention should have been on the Hawks playing a pretty damn good game, uh, playing really competitive. Capella having another good one. This was out without DeAndre Hunter too. Uh, Trey, like you said, the other Trey balling uh, in terms of playmaking. Had a couple beautiful dimes, but instead, you know, we're talking about this courtside Karen, which is an incredible nickname. Did LeBron come up with that? or did, No, did somebody else in advance and he saw it on Twitter and then ran with it? Like that's, 
It was out there good. pretty early, I think. Yeah, yeah. okay. I think yeah. LeBron saw it on Twitter and yeah. or somebody told him and he said, okay, yeah, I'll yeah, run yeah. with this because he was tweeting about it. Yeah. All right. I mean, yeah, yeah we'll... he's online sometimes. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but we're sitting around a lot, obviously, recording all these classics sitting at our desk chairs. My ass is kind of hurting. I'm thinking about getting an old steroid ass to really beef <laughs> this thing up, get a little bit more comfortable. This sitting, man, it's a it's a problem here. It's not uh, a bad idea. You know, I get some injections in our ass. You know, pump <laughs> them up. I got I'm a, I got a bony ass, man. I need them more than you do. I know that. All right, let's keep it going here. Nothing else to add to to them. Again, their 15 minutes of fame is basically come and gone already. Uh, next game, Booker. Hits a game-winning three in his return as the Suns edge the Mavs 109-108. Uh, Lili, this was the old baseball series. The old back-to-back, and the Suns got it done twice, though it was very, very close. What's your big takeaway? Yeah, well, two big comebacks last night. Uh, Porzingis made his return, and then Devin Booker, who was originally out, he actually came back and then uh, and, and crushed the Mavs with that uh, backbreaker at the end there. But uh, it was only in the second half, really, Booker got it going. He struggled in that first half to get it going. Uh, as far as Porzingis, he looked okay offensively out there. You know, he made some shots... Uh, um, you know, that's obviously what they need. They need some help there for Luca, And it looked like the Mavs had done enough to win this game, uh, but unfortunately they didn't. They had a foul to give two there at, the, at that last play, but they didn't use it. Booker rises up, hits the three. Then Luca nearly actually pulled off the uh, the miracle game winner after that with yeah. only a couple of seconds to go. Like It he, was sort he, of close. He, he got a very, very good look at that, so it rimmed out. But uh, tough loss here for the Mavericks. But really... Um, Chris Paul, this was a throwback Chris Paul game. He was just brilliant, uh, especially in that first half. And then late in the game again, like he was on Saturday night against Dallas, was great. He, he clowned Porzingis a few times uh, defensively. Now, you know, that's not a knock on Porzingis. Chris Paul's done that to many big guys throughout his career, but just shakes him around, gets into his little spot, and then uh, knocks down the shot. So it was great to see. Good, important win here for the uh, Suns. I will say... Uh, you know, they got Chris Paul to sort of get them to the playoffs. And, you know, they're sort of on pace to do that if they can keep up. Uh, they got off to a good start, slowed down a little bit. But they just don't want to rely on too many of these Chris Paul games. I know it's only one game. It's just one game. But um, you really want to see those other guys like Aiton and like Booker stepping up a little bit more than they did last night. And again, Booker's just coming back. Booker was pretty, pretty special in the second half. In, in the second half he was, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm just saying overall. I'm just saying overall, yeah. like, you know, uh, they don't want Chris, they can't afford to have Chris Paul be so good, Yeah, um, yeah. you know, for the, for the remainder of the season. But they, anyway, they got the win, which is important there. Frank Kaminsky actually gave him some decent minutes off the bench as well last night. So uh, this is certainly the best Suns season we've seen in a, in a while. Uh I mean, you know, the playoffs are absolutely in play here for them. Will they be able to keep it together down the stretch is going to be important. Uh, as for the Mavs, six straight losses now. And, uh, yeah, they they just, you know, when you're in a rut like this sometimes, because they led most of this second half, and they led by double digits too, uh, but just couldn't close it out. And Rick Carlisle said after the game, yep, we had a foul to give. That was on me. Um, I mean, Booker misses that shot, and it's like, you know, you get away with one, but right, he hits it right. and it's like, you know, they made the wrong decision. So uh, that's just the way it goes sometimes. Yeah, I thought it was really cool. I was watching this one late or because it was, I guess this one turned into the late game because yeah, there was a, a postponed, uh, you know, uh, what was it? Nuggets Pistons game, which was supposed to be the late one. Anyway, I'm watching this and I love that you can see uh, when the Suns are drawing it up to get a, the, the final shot for Booker there. Like, it's so cool to me, like when you see the star player like pointing out like on the whiteboard like no okay i'm doing this i want you to set this whatever he's saying to like Aiton or whatever it's a cool little design play i don't think it was executed perfectly um i'm talking about the suns you know sort of some loose picks and you know it could be a little tighter and create a little more room but booker doesn't need a ton and that was a hell of a shot i mean a very very tough shot 
we know he can hit that. Uh, he just stepped into it, and then, like you said, Luca had a chance, like a bit of a prayer 27-footer that nearly dropped. But I wonder with the Mavericks, they sort of have their team back now, Lee. Like, everybody is sort of back. Richardson had a good game. You know, I had been questioning him. He hadn't hit a three-pointer in, like, three games. But he played a better game, I thought, last night. We'll see now. They'll get a couple games, like I feel here the Mavericks will, uh, with their full squad. Let's call it that. And then if they continue to lose, though, I wonder if they press the panic button a little bit, Trey, and try and salvage the season. Because, I mean, they're still in it. You know, they're, they're not out of any playoff race or anything like that. But if they have their full team back here and they continue to rack up these losses, will they be active here in trying to make a move, you know, in the coming month? I think that would be in play for, you know, a team, obviously, with Cuban as your owner and a team with high hopes with star players in Luka and KP. Like, you don't want to not make the playoffs with these guys, like, especially after making it last year. So I think it's something to watch, but we'll see them now with their full squad. Yeah, if you're the Mavericks, you're just hoping that you're not the worst shooting team for the entire season. They're 30th in three-point percentage right now. They're shooting just a shade below 33%, which is pretty bad, uh, quite honestly, for a team that's supposed to be a great offensive team. If that turns around, instantly you're getting into the top half of as an offensive team, and then you're back to kind of where the Mavericks were last season. That's exactly how they played, trying to outscore teams, and it makes it a little easier for Luka if people are hitting from the outside. Because right now, like Leah said... They're just forming a wall saying, try and finish around us, over us, and we're going to live with your three-point shooters missing. And it's working so far uh, for the opponents of the Mavericks. But definitely, I agree that the the Mavs are going to want to keep pushing towards the playoffs, not only just because Luka Doncic is in his prime and you want to put a winner around a star player, but they also lose their draft pick to the Knicks for the Porzingis trade this coming offseason. So they don't want it to get into the lottery. Right. They don't want to take a chance that they have a 1.8% chance and suddenly they're losing the number one draft pick alongside Luka Doncic. That could be a disaster of the utmost order. But um, I don't know. Uh, we'll see what they do. It definitely feels like the Mavs are active a lot during the trade deadline. So I imagine they'll start to make a move, especially if they keep shooting as poorly as they have. Mm-hmm. It can't. Um, I can't imagine it's going to stay like that for the entire season for the Mavericks. They've got too many players who have a track record of actually making shots. And they did it last year. So it's just a matter of getting your feet under you and hopefully being able to stay on the court and turn it around a little bit. All right, our next game, De'Aaron Fox's fourth quarter outburst. Lead the Kings past the Pelicans, 118-109. Again, got to go check out what you need to know uh, for Tass's little uh, mini recap on this one. It's uh, really, really fun. But you guys might remember, I hope you do, it wasn't that long ago, Friday's Drop Podcast. I was uh, half-heartedly, I guess, trying to make the case for OKC's SGA to deserve some all-star consideration. That was one of the questions we had proposed to each other. And I was going through all the guards in the West. You know, Curry, Luka, Dame, locks. CJ McCollum, mm, you know, on the shelf for a good chunk of time. So he's likely out of the running, unfortunately. Otherwise, he would have been a lock. Donovan Donovan Mitchell, excuse me, balling for the Jazz. He's probably in there, especially with the Mm -hmm. record they have. Everybody was up in arms. I didn't include Mike Conley, and they want him to make his first All-Star game too, Uh, especially Lee having him in the Defensive Player of the Year uh, consideration. (laughs) So uh, he's in the mix. And then I kept going. DeRozan obviously doing quietly good things for the Spurs. Devin Booker, we know he's a a guy that's already made an All-Star team. He's a game winner there last night. You know, he's incredible. Murray struggled. John Moran's missed a lot of games. Who knows what you do with John Wall and Victor Oladipo. Point is, I named a bunch of guards, and I don't think I mentioned De'Aaron Fox and Fox is rolling right now. Uh, he had a slow start to the season, but over his last 10 games, averaging 26-8-4. Kings are very decent 5-5 five and five over that stretch. And his three-point percentage, Fox, is it's bounced back. Remember he had that really weird, like, brutal year last year. We just couldn't hit the three ball. It's back to, a, you know, an average 35%. 
But his takeover capabilities in this one, and he's done it a couple times now, are really fun watches. Go watch the highlights. He is just a treat. Um, and I sort of like that they keep him off the ball early in the possession a lot of the times. Like, you would think it's just in his hands for the entire possession, sort of like Luka-like, but it's not. They sort of keep him off ball, and then it's swung to him, and then he can attack and create. They did that a lot last night. Anyway, awesome game from him. He loves playing the Pelicans for whatever reason. He's averaging like 40.5 points per game against them, shooting 61%. Probably because they have no one inside to actually yeah. deter a shot because he was just... Well, know. there's also a long-standing beef between De'Aaron Fox yeah, and, Lonzo. and Lonzo Ball, right? And he's been lighting Lonzo Ball up since college. Exactly, mm, no exactly. Change. Maybe that's a part of it for sure. Um, he's just, uh, I think Ziller wrote about this morning, Fox has a bit of an edge to him right now. It's nice, a little anger to his offensive game. So look, I don't know if Fox even is, I doubt he even makes this all-star team with all those guards that I went through, but he's got to be included in a bunch of those guys, I said, especially the way he's been playing over the last little bit. It was a hell of a takeover, that's for sure. Yeah, um, and it was great. It was fun to watch. But if you look at just how many uncontested kind of layups he had, and part of that is to do with his speed. You know, he beats his defender, but there's just no one else sort of coming to cover there for the Pelicans. So he, it was great. But if you look at his shot chart in that fourth quarter, he basically had the long two, a three, and then everything else was just a, a layup at the rim. So it was an easy 17 points there in the fourth quarter for him. But listen, the Kings need any win they can get. And uh, he's he looks like he is maturing as a player. But I just wonder, when you talk All-Star, I just feel the Kings are so far below. Yeah, no. He'll, he'll be on the outside looking yeah. in again, for sure. Yeah. But he's just on a great run right now. And I just think, like, there are a few guys, when he gets it going because of his speed, and if you compare with a decent, like, a respectable three-point shot, which he obviously has again this year, and he had two years prior, I mean, he's a tough guy to cover because he's so light. Like, did you see the spin through traffic yeah. and then Euroed like fake pass to the corner got Lonzo I think it was TK to like completely bite on it I mean it was a highlight play it had to have been in the top 10 plays of the night last night it's like he's just he's rolling right now and, and the Kings you know look 500 for the Kings so the don't last bring 10, it up that's good. don't bring yeah. it up man oh, if they're winning you. and you talk about it they're instantly going to start losing you probably just curse them yeah I was I watching this though and I was thinking the same thing as you Skeets who is going to be an all-star first between De'Aaron Fox John Morant Jamal Murray and Shea Gilgis Alexander, your four sons. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who is going to be an All Star first? I mean, yeah, Booker was included, but he—he's uh, already I, an All Star. He's already off. Yeah, he's—I've sent him to uh, college. I, you know, I helped him pack and drove him up to the big school. And as soon as you started ignoring him, he became an All Star. No yeah, doubt about right. it. Well, yeah, that's you know, I'm seeing my sons mature, Trey. They're turning into men. I can let them go. You know, I—I I don't need to keep an eye on them. I, I feel confident in their. And their status in the world. But yeah, of those four, who's the first? Wow, man, it's just so tough because it comes, feel like it just comes down to their records, Lee. Like, I yeah, swear to I God, mean, like, which team yeah. do you have more faith in to, you know, be five games over 500 come around the All Star break? I don't know. It should be Murray, but. Should be Murray, yeah. With the he, hasn't, he hasn't really done it yet so far this season. That, that, that's my concern. Well, that's funny. There. I would say, you know, Murray's on the best team of those of the bunch. Yeah. But I think I would have him. F- I might have them fourth on the pecking order for this year, for this season. What is it? Fox, Gilgis, Alexander, Murray, and who's the other one? Ja, Murray. Ja, Ja, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, ja, ja, but Ja hasn't played. Yeah, Ja yeah. hasn't played. Yeah. Tough, tough, tough. That's a good question for everybody in the stream team right now. If you're ranking them in the likelihood of making an all-star game, you know, this year or maybe even moving forward in the next year, put them in order for us. Let it, let us know. It's a great question, Trey. Um, but yeah, Fox, special last night. And uh, yeah, another bad bad Pelicans loss for sure. These are wins they got to pick up here if they want to get into this play-in thing or into the playoffs you're going to be battling with a sacramento team right uh, you know a, a down the line for sure for one of those spots so that's a good win for sacramento 
All right, we'll keep it going here. Let's get to this one. Bulls beat the Knicks. 110-102. Look at TK decked out in his Bulls gear. It was the 2021 <laughs> Who's Most Back Bowl. Uh, that's what Dan Devine was uh, wisely calling it on Twitter last night. Hey, he stole that from me, Skeets. Oh, did he? I thought on, I saw come it on. him first. Come on. Come on. Are you kidding so, me? It was uh, a Knicks fan coming up with that. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, so, well, we, I guess the Bulls are the most back in, in terms of these two teams. What do you think, Trey? Oh, if there was any question, it was answered last night. The Bulls are by far most back. I know what you're thinking. Don't the Knicks have more win than, wins than the Bulls? Yeah, but not against the Bulls. It wasn't pretty. Skeets tried to tune in. He said it was too ugly for him because he saw 10 turnovers. But uh, Skeets, it's the 90s, you know. This is Eastern Conference Finals type basketball. It's supposed to be grimy. And you look at it and you see, oh, look at all these turnovers. I see doubles shredding <laughs> a top 10 defense all night. But the Knicks are a top 10 defense. They were allowing the fewest points per game coming into the season. And the Bulls were destroying them. Tons of assists. Another 30 assist game for the Bulls. And they actually made clutch plays in the fourth quarter because that's kind of how it's gone for the Bulls. They'll have 25 assists through the first three quarters, and then the other team really locks in on defense, and it gets harder for them to score. But last night was not the case. Lowry Markinen had 30, back-to-back games with 30. Very nice. Didn't score in the fourth quarter, of course, but he did make a huge steal late. Kobe White, a lot of those turnovers that you saw, Skeets, some really ugly ones, trying to split pick and rolls, hitting it off both guys' legs. Incredible stuff. Four turnovers, but he did have a massive three from the corner with about a minute left, and Zach Levine, only 21 points, but he had 10 in the fourth quarter. He had a huge finish at the rim. He had a dagger three with about 30 seconds left because you can't leave an all-star open at the top of the key. <laughs> and Thad Young was on triple-double watch again. He's either going to be a great trade piece for somebody or if the Bulls are serious about trying to get back into the playoffs here, he's going to be instrumental for them uh, making a playoff push because since they've unlocked his playmaking this year, they have found the right spot for him. You know, people were excited when the Bulls signed Thaddeus Young ahead of last season. They said, stand in the corner, shoot threes, and try to make plays off the dribble. That's not his strength. They're playing him more at the mid post now. They'll get him the ball at the elbow. He'll do some dribble handoffs. He'll throw a crazy pass. He'll do a little flippity floater, dink and dump it in there. He's been really close to a triple-double the past three games. He has been huge for the Bulls since Wendell Carter went out, kind of connecting pieces on both sides of the court, actually setting screens. A good win for the Bulls last night. No doubt, they're back and they play again on Wednesday. So the Who's Back Bowl Part 2 coming Ooh. already. Exciting, exciting times. Yeah, I, I, I tuned in around the second quarter. You know, I saw the tweets flying around between you and Divine, and I was like, all right, I'm going to tune in for this. I'm excited. And I did. I must have just caught the worst three or four minutes oh, of baby. this game. It felt like the teams were turning it over, like, back and forth, like, five or six possessions through. I was like, mm, I'm going to go watch something else for a little bit. But I did come back for the end. And I, and I saw those clutch shots from the Bulls. So that, that was nice. And look, you know me, Trey K- TK. I was high. I was way too high on Thaddeus Young, that signing when he came in a couple years ago. I got all on board the Bulls being back before they were back. So I got a little jaded from uh, what happened last year with Boylan. But I'm happy to see him because I love him as a player. I, I, I do like a – he can do a lot as he's proving here filling up the box score. So it's nice to see him contributing, Lily in the uh, who's most back bowl. And it is the Bulls. TK's right. Yeah, Thaddeus Young just keeps on – Keeping on, doesn't he? I mean, he's good, man. <laughs> no, he's yeah, good. he's good in the right role. That's exactly what yeah. Trey said. I, I yeah. think is spot on. You can't, he can't do some things, uh, and and he's put in sometimes the wrong position. But when he's, yeah. uh, you know, in this in this role right now, and he's getting the minutes with Carter out, it's it works, man. This was a tied game with a minute to go too, and the Bulls closed it out. Mm-hmm. That's not something they've done in the past. But uh, you talk about Markman there, who didn't score in the fourth, but he got off to such a hot start in that first half. He was great. He finished with thirty points, as you mentioned, back to back games of six threes in a row. 
I think he's having a career season under Billy Donovan. I think it's just a different coach, a different uh, voice, getting him in different roles. He's matured as well as a player, so that's helping. Uh, I would like to see him do two things, rebound a little bit more and get to the free throw line a little bit more. I think that's uh, two parts of his game he can really mm-hmm. work on because he's, what, 6'11", 7 foot, whatever he is, um, and you don't want him to fall in love with the perimeter. But when he's shooting the ball like he did last night, I mean, it, it's fine. It gives him the offense when they don't need to rely heavily on Zach, and then Zach came out and closed the game for them. So the Bulls are uh, they're, they're a funny watch. It's, uh, it's hard sometimes to, to think if they are a legit team if they're back, or it's like, yeah, maybe they are. Maybe they're starting to build things together. So uh, good win for them last night against my Knicks. Tough loss. Tough loss for... Uh... <laughs> For my See guys. in the Eastern Conference playoff tournament finals. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, we got to put. So I can't wait for you guys to have a huge bet on that game. Uh, these guys, yeah. uh, these two teams are playing Knicks Bulls to get into the actual playoffs. I can't wait for that. It'll be great. Uh final I one. Do wish though that the Bulls basically hadn't wasted a year of this development. Like you're saying, yeah. Lee, it would be great to see Markinen inside rebounding, scoring at the rim, just playing a little bit more like a big guy. No doubt about it. It's great to see Thaddeus Young showing up this year exactly like everybody thought it was going to be last year. He could have been a six-man-of-the-year candidate if he had been used like this the entire time. But now the Bulls have wasted a year of the development of a guy like Markin and to see what kind of deal they're going to want to offer him because he's coming into his qualifying offer season, coming into the next offseason. Thaddeus Young is a guy who's now going to be on the trade market because he's been playing so well rather than being a piece that could help push towards the playoffs, all because they decided to bring Jim Boylan back for last season. He couldn't figure out how to get the best out of guys like Markinen, Zach Levine, Thaddeus Young, the people who were supposed to take them to this next level to make them be back last season, which we kind of all thought they were going to be. It Mm -hmm. didn't go like that. They wasted an entire year. And sometimes you're like, okay, whatever. It's just a year. Not every team can be good this year. But you see why it actually has an effect down the line once the players start playing well, because now they lost a year of evaluation for Markinen. And I don't know. I mean, now you're thinking, are they going to trade Kobe White for Lonzo Ball? There's a lot of uh, moves that could be made out there and it feels like we're kind of rushing into it this feels like it should be the first year of a rebuild where it's really year three year four yeah uh so that's that's the bad part when you're a bulls fan but it's all about pure positivity right now back-to-back 30 point games for marking him maybe he makes the all-star team not oh, gonna what? happen not gonna <laughs> he makes it over levine that would be a weird twist uh all right final game here malik monk Remember him? Malik Monk, he ran wild last night. He scored 36 off the bench as the Hornets topped the heat. 129-121 in overtime. Lili, big takeaway. Well, super impressive win by the Hornets here. Contributions from lots of different guys. Of course, you talk about Malik Monk there. Lamelo got the start with Terry Rozier being out, and he was good. But Malik's nine threes off the bench, uh, including the huge one to send it to overtime, uh, that capped off a comeback where the Hornets were down 10 with three minutes to go. Jimmy Butler was working hard, being the man. Looked like he was going to get his team over the line, but it wasn't. It was the Hornets who got it. And uh, Gordon Hayward, again, another impressive game for him. Not a huge statistical line, but leadership down the stretch. And Cody Zeller as well. He's been good for them. Like, this is uh, the Hornets also a little bit like the Bulls. Maybe they're starting to figure things out a little bit because Devontae Graham was also good there last night. And this was the game where... You sort of feel the heat with Jimmy Butler back there. Basically, their full strength back to there. I, I don't think they were missing anyone there last night. Uh, it looked like the heat were going to get a victory, and this is, going to, this is what we're going to see. This is a good team, and when they have everyone together, they're going to be able to beat teams like the Hornets. But the Hornets hung in there, and uh, that's what uh, James Borrego said after the game. He's like, it was, we were down 10 with a couple of minutes to go there, but no one no one gave up. We just kept fighting, and then they pulled out the victory. Got a little bit lucky, of course, with uh, Malik's three, the Senate to overtime. 
but he was firing away. You know, nine off the bench. Uh, great job. Great. This was a fun game too. This was a, a fun performance. So, um, Gordon Hayward, talking about All-Stars. Gordon Hayward, an All-Star this season? Oh, he's got to be right Definitely there, close, man. yeah. 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 He's got good numbers. His team is obviously decent. They've surprised a lot of people. Yeah. He's been an All-Star before. That always helps in the conversation. There's even the feel-good, like, sort yeah. of bounce-back type of vibe to him. Uh, you know, having a bit of a down year and all that and being signed in the big free agency. Yeah. I think he's... I don't, know if he's, I don't think he's a lock, but I think no, the coaches will give him some consideration for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's going to come down a lot to that record, but I think he's been outperforming his contract so far to this point. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, it's a, it's, it's a shock, but it's it, well, maybe it's not a shock. I mean, he's always been a good player, but now he's in a role where it's like, you got the big bucks. Can you go out there and actually be a, a, a franchise changer for the team? And mm-hmm. I think he's definitely the leader of that team, and they're getting really good performances, again, from LaMelo, uh, Devonte Graham's a little bit up and down. Zeller's been good for them, and uh, and now if you get someone like Malik Monk firing away like that, I mean it's you know it's a bit of feast or famine with him too. Yeah, but it was great fun last night. Fun game to watch. Yeah, StatMuse said that Monk is the first player to put up thirty five plus points, nine plus threes on sixty percent shooting off the bench in 20 years i mean those are some insane numbers off the mm. bench especially so good for him uh it's a guy that i think a lot of fe- people forgot was even on the hornets they're still in the league because uh, people were very excited about him early on i think it was two years ago i was wondering like it was a make or break season remember we have the make or break question i had monk as my guy like you know he sort of got to get it going together or maybe he gets bounced out of the league and you know he didn't do a whole lot uh, from what i remember last year but here he is having a good performance maybe this gets him going all right we got some news. We're going to talk about the dunk contest, three-point contest, and all that. But first, a quick break to hear from our sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? (laughs) You mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. All right, some news here. According to Shams, Magic forward Aaron Gordon reportedly will miss the next four to six weeks with a severe left ankle sprain. Uh, AG exited the Magic's loss to the Raptors on Sunday in the third quarter. He rolled his ankle. He limped to the locker room and then later was seen leaving the arena on crutches. You could actually see his ankle. Didn't look good. So he's out four to six weeks. This is, you know, this sucks for Magic fans for a couple of reasons. One, now they're, this is their third starter that is now out for a decent chunk of time. You know, no Markel Fultz. Uh, who's who's on the shelf? Jonathan Isaac, of course, not playing, and now AG. They also have been without Michael Carter Williams and uh, Al Farouk Amino and a couple of other guys, Okiki. So this is this is just a, another bad loss uh, for them. But I also wonder because I've been saying it for a while now, what impact this has, the, the timing of this injury has on Aaron Gordon potentially being traded or not, Trey? Because uh, it was a guy that was 
continually popping up in trade rumors, and you could see why teams could be interested. You could probably get him with the contract he's on, and maybe the Magic eventually just like deciding to move on from him. And I wonder if that's like you know a no go now because he's out for a decent chunk of time here. What do you think? Well, it's definitely going to be harder to trade him with an injury, but I think the Magic just need to be open for business right now. They've been struggling here in 2021. They've lost, what, six, eight, woo, 11 of 13. That's bad. And Aaron Gordon has been playing point guard for them, so you have to imagine it's going to get even tougher for them on the offensive end of the ball since he's not a natural point guard, but he's been kind of forced into that job. Yeah. Terrence Ross is a guy that could help a contending team. Evan Fournier is a guy that could help a contending team. If you really want to blow things up and start a rebuild, could you talk yourself into Nikola Vucevic if you're another team? I know Lee wouldn't put him into a trade machine request, but he's still a quality player. He's still the best guy on the Magic. He can give you 20 and 10, no doubt about it. Maybe on a contending team, those numbers are lesser, but they mean a little bit more. But it hasn't happened with the group that the Magic have there right now. It's not happening right now. They're really, really struggling, and now they've got all of these injuries piling up. Perhaps it's time to pull the plug on this season and just start making some moves where you can for the next era of the Magic, which maybe is based around Cole Anthony and Jonathan Isaac. I don't know exactly what they're going to do, but uh, I don't think that they should continue forward with the squad they've got right now. Yeah, what do you think, Lee? I think Aaron Gordon's hurt his trade value a bit anyway this season. He's kind of been... uh slumping a little bit and not really looking too interested. I'm not sure what his value was really anyway, because he was a bit of an up and down player, but uh, I think he needs to move on. And I think if you're the magic right now, you just take almost sort of whatever you can get for him because uh, he's not going to command a huge package in return. He needs a fresh start. And I think his time there in Orlando is coming to an end. So uh, yeah, Vooch, I mean, he's an interesting one because I think he, yeah, he would provide the most value coming back to the team. And, uh, you know, he, you know, despite my criticism, he has been a, a good loyal uh, player for them since the Dwight Howard trade, which is incredible that he's still there mm-hmm. uh, then. And he's, and he, you know, he's, he's produced decent numbers for them. So I think he does provide the most value. And, but, but they're also not going anywhere. They're a first round playoff team at best. So you may as well hit the reset button and see if you can get some uh, assets in return and start again. And, and yeah, Cole Anthony, he's shown, he's, you know, he seems ready to be in the NBA. He's got a long way to go, of course, but. You've got a couple of young pieces there and uh, see if you can start again because uh, this Magic team, as it is right now, is not really going anywhere. Right. Even like best case scenario. Exactly. I mean, with, yeah. uh, despite all the injuries, is, is what? Like, they're probably the seventh or eighth seed. Best. Uh, at and best, they lose yeah. in the first round. Again. I mean, yeah, they're sort of just spinning their wheels here. I'm with you guys. Uh, though, you know, I can't, I'm sure one of you will probably think of it right away, but I'm trying to remember like, a guy sort of on Aaron Gordon's level to be traded while injured. Um, you know, it just feels, I can't think of anybody. I'm sure it's happened. Of course it's happened. Uh, but yeah, for whatever reason, a guy gets injured and, and and it's just probably less likely maybe he gets moved. But I still even think then that the that Orlando Magic will move him before the deadline. I think it happens. All right, this one, next one's fun here. According to the New York Times, Mark Stein the NBA, the Players Union, they're discussing the possibility of adding a dunk contest and a three-point contest to this proposed All-Star game in Atlanta on the weekend of uh, you know March 6th and 7th. I think Woj is doubling down saying it sounds like this is going to be a one-night affair, the game, and some of these contests. Um, you know, There's lots of talks ongoing still for what this All-Star 2021 will look like, will it entail and all that, but the momentum is there. It is sure feeling like this is going to happen, and uh, you can... Uh, disagree that it's a good idea, but it looks like they're going to do this here in Atlanta. 
So we thought we could have some fun with it and, you know, look ahead to the dunk contest and three-point contest and sort of build our perfect fields for them. Um, so Trey, we gave you the dunk contest. We gave our three-point shooter, Lily the three-point contest. So Trey, get us started. I don't know how many dunkers you want to go for, what they usually do, six, you want to go more, but who do you want in the 2021 dunk contest if this thing actually kicks off here in Atlanta? Well, Skeets, I'm going to treat it like I work for the NBA, and I'm going to ask a lot of people because I think it might be a little bit hard to get commitments this year to have a dunk contest in front of no crowd. That's what you're doing is for the pop. So it might be tough to get some of the big names, which it always is. That's why I've got different tiers of people I want to ask. You know, I put this out on Twitter saying, who do you want to see to kind of get, take the temperature of the general public, see who they want. A lot of names keep coming up. There are a, a few names that I would love to have in the dunk contest that there are just absolutely no chances of it happening. Aaron Gordon, he's hurt right now. He also keeps getting ripped off every single dunk <laughs> contest, so I think he's going to be done. Yeah. Zach Levine, I would love to see him in it again. That's not going to happen. He's going to be playing in the All-Star game. He wouldn't do it in Chicago last year, and it was in Chicago. Yeah. Donovan Mitchell, uh, a one-time slam dunk contest champion, but he has transcended the dunk contest at this point. So the biggest name I would like to ask... That I don't know if he would say yes, but I think there's still a chance. Jalen Brown, would he ever go in a dunk contest or is he too big for the dunk contest at this point? I think he should go in it. I don't think he's too big for it. Uh, you he's know, been he's one just... of those guys that's always like, yeah, maybe I'll do it some year. Maybe I'll yeah. do yeah. it some year because he's got hops. He can dunk. Yeah, yeah, and he might be one of those guys like, well, he gets named an all-star starter, let's say. And he's like, well, I'm here. Sure. Uh, sure. I'm playing in the game and uh, yeah, I'll do it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I can't decide, though, because on the other side, I could see him going, the dunk contest is stupid. Like, why are we doing this? Like, couldn't you also see him saying yes, that? Like, yes, exactly like, This right. is like a complete joke. Why are we even having an All-Star weekend? I don't want to do this. So uh, I guess it's a good ask. I'd love to see him in it, but I, I would lean towards him saying no, if I had to guess. All yeah. right. Okay, so I agree. I think that those four are probably not going to say it. That would be yeah. an incredible four for a dunk contest. Sure. But moving on, guys that you got to have in the dunk contest this year likely would say yes. Derek Jones Jr., the reigning champion, still playing minutes out there in Portland, still jumps very high, still <laughs> nicknamed airplane mode. The guy's awesome. I would also have to have Miles Bridges yeah. of the Charlotte mm. Hornets. Maybe has the dunks of the year so far this year, catching those oops from... Lamelo, obviously, you would yep. probably think maybe he gets Lamelo involved in the dunk contest somehow. Those are my two gotta have them of guys that could realistically be in the dunk contest. Right. Eric Jones Jr. and Miles Bridges. Next guys, I'm asking, expecting them to say no. Zion and John Morant. They're both mm. in year two. They're mm. both huge dunkers. The fans want to see them. Maybe one of them would say yes, but I don't know about the two of them. I, if I'm not mistaken, they were both rumored to have been asked for the Chicago contest yeah. last year. Zion obviously was not in any condition to be doing it. Yeah. I, I, I just have a concern that uh, neither of their teams would really want to push them into it either right now, considering they've had the injuries. That's the, that's the concern for me. I think of the two, Morant would probably be the one I'd like to see more. I think he can be a little bit more uh, stylistic. You know, I think I think Zion's more power. Although Zion, I mean, Zion's had some great three sixty. Yeah, I don't know if even I agree with that. And I'm the Zion hater of the bunch. I love, look, I love both of them in there, but that's yeah. I, I think you're right. It's more. It feels more like a team saying, "No, no, yeah. <laughs> you don't need to be doing this." And just back to Bridges too. I forgot that he was in it last year, and he had a fifty uh, yep. in him. But I, I love the pick again. I, I'm I'm with you on it because I love a guy going back in a dunk contest. Because you need that experience, you need to know what works, what doesn't, get the you know the jitters out of you a little bit. You're a little more comfortable. So anyway, uh, bridges a, a lock. But 
Yeah, I just think the teams would uh, frown on Ja and Zion being in it, but God, I would want them both in it. Because there were rumors, for sure. I mean, my dunk sources I remember last year were thinking uh, it was going to be a six-dunker field at, at one point, but injuries came into play and whatever, guys pulled out, yeah. Got to speak to the dunk sources. They yep. know. They yep. definitely know. Okay, so we're assuming Zion and Ja say no for various reasons. Then you got to deep go deep. You got to be asking for the young guys who have no reason to say no. Here are my next two asks. Obi Toppin of the Ooh. New York Knicks. Oh my goodness. I like that. The guy's got the longest, skinniest legs outside of Trey Kirby <laughs> out here. No dumper. That guy don't have a steroid ass, but he can get up. He's throwing down between the legs dunks during college games, like on a fast break. He's got a dunk workout you can watch on YouTube. Incredible stuff. Okay. He's very tall. I know that not everybody likes a really tall dunker, but he could be Amari Stoudemire again. That's yeah. the guy he's always compared to, and Amari was awesome in the dunk contest. I'd like to see that. I wouldn't be Love it. Love that pick. And he's a New York guy. He's a New York Nick. It's a nice pick right there. Yeah. The other guy I had, this one comes to you straight from the dunk sources, Skeets. I said, who's the best unknown dunker in the league? Can I guess? Yeah. Uh, What's the kid's name? Rajon Tucker? No, that's not bad. Rajon Tucker's a good one. Okay. Okay, go ahead. I got an answer right away. Cassius Stanley. Cassius Stanley of the Indiana Pacers. Zach Levine-like ups, they say. And if you see some of his dunks from high school, from college, from just warm-ups, he floats. This man floats. When he plays uh, during a game, it's almost a dunk contest. All he's doing is running as fast as he can back and forth. Not dissimilar to when Derrick Jones Jr. first came into the dunk contest with uh, the Phoenix Suns, and he was kind of like, you made the NBA because you can run and jump. Yeah. Let's see it in a contest. I would love to see the same from Cassius Stanley. Wow, that's a wild card pick right there. I hold, I like your dunk sources giving you that, though. I'm going to believe that then. Cause this, uh, you got to go a, deep to the dunk sources. Yeah. Nobody else is going to say, you know who should be in this? Hamadou Diallo. <laughs> well, right, I <laughs> was going to ask through. you. He won it. He was yeah. awesome. There are these nameless say, guys out there who can dunk like crazy. Yeah, I was going to ask you, Trey, do you not think you have to have back the defending dunk champ? Do you don't? Do you care about that? You know what I mean? You said Derek Jones Jr. who's obviously won it, but that was a couple years ago. Diallo last year. Does he get the automatic That was last year? Invite? Yeah. No, I thought that was Charlotte. Wasn't it last year? Last no. year in Chicago was uh, Diallo won Jr. Diallo won last Jr. year last year. Yeah. Okay, two years ago. My bad. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I'm oh inviting the reigning champ back. I'm I do like the reigning champ coming around. back. My bad. You had it right. Derek Jones Jr. is back. Good. Because I always I'm a proponent of having the defending champ back, so you gotta have him there. All right. So who do you got? In theory, you got Derek Jones Jr. My four would be Derek Jones Jr., Miles Bridges, Obi Toppin, and Cassius Stanley. Mm, which right. seems realistic. Which seems realistic and four guys who are kind of dunk specialists. So it could be good. I would like to correct myself then too. Bridges was two years ago. I was getting it mixed up with that the one. John I keep, Collins I don't contest. know why I was thinking that was last year. My goodness. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <I> <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Okay. I like that. That's a, like a, re- like, yeah. Is that the sexiest names? No, but that's a reasonable get. And those are great dunkers. Um, so let's hear from you guys. Who would you add to uh, TK's thing? I have a question. Do you think when they do this, if they do this, having no fans, could it happen? Could it oddly help the dunkers in the dunk contests? Um, having very little, having very few people there. Obviously, I think the players, I guess, would be there, and maybe some fans would be there, but like not of packed house. Like, does that help the nerves at all? Maybe for them to to uh, execute some of these things they're going to try and pull off. I have no idea. Probably depends on the player, right? Probably yeah. some guys are like, "This is perfect." 
conditions are perfect. All I got to do is go out there and dunk. And there are others who would love to come out of the tunnel, hear yeah. 20,000 fans going crazy yeah. and think, oh, I can jump 14% higher right now. Let's go crazy. Yeah. So, yeah it depends on the guy probably. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good stuff. All right. I love that. That's uh, TK's perfect dunk field, a realistic dunk field, that's for sure, uh, for 2021 here in Atlanta. Okay, Lee, let's go to you. Uh, you're, I assume you're going with your eight three-point shooters. Um, yes. I assume you have the defending champ in the mix. Are you doing that? Yeah. Well, uh, I know you like that, and I like that too. Buddy yeah. Heald won it last there in, last year there in Chicago, so he he gets in. Um, but. When I was going through this yesterday, I was like, oh, what am I going to do? Just pick the eight best shooters in the league and have that? I thought, that's a little bit boring. I want to try to sexy up the three-point shootout this year. I want to still have guys who can win it, like legit shooters, but I also want to try to make it a little bit more fun. So I've brought a different angle to it this year. Okay. You qualify by either being a beautiful shooter of the basketball <laughs> or you were there yes. for intrigue. Okay. Okay. Go on. Yes, you yes. got me. I like that pitch. Okay. So these are the four beautiful shooters of the basketball. Steph, obviously. He can get there any season he wants. Basically, he can go. He's going to be the the all-time leader in three points made. He can go anytime he wants. It's like the green jacket at the U.S. Masters. You get an automatic invite for life. Okay. Uh, Lillard, I mean, again, missed the clutch. Big shots. Beautiful shooter. He's in for sure. Okay. Um, a Bogdanovich. I'm happy to let Bogey and Bogey have a shootout to see who gets in there, like a pre-tournament shootout. Because okay. they're both gorgeous shooters of the ball. Bogey right now has obviously been injured. He should be back in time. Bogey out in Utah, gorgeous shooter. So let's get a Bogdanovich in there. And then you get uh, Buddy Heald as a return champ. I also want to get Bradley Beal in there because he's a beautiful shooter of the basketball and it's my competition, my rules, so I want Beal in there. <laughs> okay. okay. I like okay. this comment real quickly from Ziggy Starfox. You mentioned... Uh, the green jacket like at the Masters. Ziggy Starfox says that the contestants in the three-point contest should get a Larry Bird warm-up jacket. Mm. A green jacket. Good. It's perfect. I the like reigning it. champion comes on wearing yeah. the bird. Yeah. Rips it off, shoots some threes. Good stuff. I like that. And I've got one of those as well. I might just wear that around the house that day. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So these four now are the intrigue contestants. Okay. okay? I think these guys would make fun watches. Lou Dort. Doesn't have the prettiest shot in the world, but he's fearless. And I think I absolutely love that about him and I respect that about him. And I think he would take on this challenge. I think he'd be like, you know what, why not? He's shooting 38% from downtown this season as well, which is pretty good. It's just he doesn't have the mechanics of a beautiful shooter. But I would love the fearlessness aspect of him. We saw that, especially in the bubble last year. If he's open, he's taking the shot. So let's get him in there and see how he would go in a competition. Wow. Dort. All caps. Dort. All right. Jordan Clarkson. Uh, now, I think Jordan Clarkson would set the record for getting through his racks in about 30 seconds. Wait. I think he would just fire <laughs> away. So I'd be prepared to say, you know what? If you can go through twice in a minute, your score counts as total, okay? But you have to, <laughs> but you have to complete every single rack in that one minute. Wow. Okay? No, I like it. I like it. The no way. Do you think somebody I'm telling you, man, I could think get Jordan them Clark all up and then go back in a minute? No way. I mean, you guess I guess you could just chalk them, yeah, but... That's how he fires yeah. away. I mean, he's he's tied for 11th in the league at 38% in makes as well. Tied for 11th in makes, sorry, at shooting 38%. He's been good for the Jazz yeah. this season. So, and again, it's like, there's a challenge for you. Jordan, go out there and see if you can do it. Okay. Nikola Jokic. Now, 
You might be surprised. I certainly was. He is uh, only 98th in the league in makes at 28 made for the season. It feels like he's made way more than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, he shoots 38%, and he's pretty much, once you've had the Jordan Clarkson experience, the complete opposite for Nikola yeah. yeah. Would he get through the racks in a minute? If you gave him two minutes, would he get through the racks? He's got that slow release. But- slow release, going to be a little slower between the racks. Yeah, that'd <laughs> exactly. be difficult for him, but he's, he's a great shooter, yeah. Yeah, he's a great shooter. And, uh, and again, I think people would be like, I wonder just how this is going to go, because we see him always make those shots, but would he only take like 15? And that he'd be just like, ah, oh, that's it, I'm done. The, minute, the minute's up. Right. Um, last one, LeBron James. Now... Oh, I like this. LeBron owes us a dunk contest. We know that's never going to happen. Right. He said back in Dallas, I think it was in 2010, put his name into the the following season's <laughs> preliminary round and he never showed up. You can't be the greatest or second greatest of all time and never go in one of these contests. Jordan obviously went in the three-point contest and has the lowest score ever he at was five. Horrible. Yep. And it kind of surprised me that Jordan never went in it again because it's like... That's the classic He's Jordan. So like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna come back and I'm gonna win this damn thing. Yeah, that's you know? true. That's um, so I'm surprised he never did. Obviously, Jordan won the dunk contest as well. There are a couple of times. LeBron has never been in it. By the end of this season, LeBron is going to be top ten all time in three pointers made. Uh, he deserves to go in there. He owes it to us to go in there. He's shooting 41 percent from three this season. He's 11th in makes, tied for it with Jordan Clarkson actually uh, for this season. I want to see LeBron in it. I think I think this would be a great uh, situation for LeBron to go in there because we know he's clutch. He's delivered huge threes throughout his entire career. Go out there and do it in the contest. I think he can do it. He's not just like a, a random three point shooter. He's got the he's got the skills, and I think this would be a great um, just a great situation to see LeBron at this stage of his career go in a competition like this and win it. He's clutch. He can deliver. That's a great pick. I love that. I feel like that's realistic, actually, too. That, yes, he would, that he maybe would go in this, right? Yeah. 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 I okay. mean, why not? So, um, so yeah, there's my field. There's, there's, there's still uh, a couple of spots there between the boggies to sort out which one goes in there. Um, yeah. Any okay. other suggestions? I mean, you're going to get a lot of people saying, like, you know, Joe Harris has got to be there. Like, they're going to get your, your classic guys that are like, you know, Booker. I'd actually, I think we should let Clay in it. <laughs> yeah, and like wheel sure. him around or something yeah. like yeah, yeah, have yeah. him shoot but yeah you're gonna get those classic guys but i like where you went with it you got you got creative with it mm-hmm. i got no problem with that i love the lebron pick like i yeah. think they're we gotta start like that hashtag going now if this if this thing's actually happening uh on march 7th in atlanta let's let's get lebron shooting in this thing also do you guys call it the three-point contest or the three-point shootout I feel like they've gone back and forth with this damn yeah. thing. Like I would I, say, I go back and forth too. When yeah. I write it, I always write contest. Though. Yeah, but they used to call it the shootout, and yeah. I think they now call it contest. Though I think, like yeah. officially from the NBA, I, I, I still think of it as the shootout, but yeah. I think it is the contest. I think it's been for a couple of years now. Yeah, yeah. I like the shootout though. Yeah, I like because I like one being the contest and one being the shootout. <laughs> I like that. Okay, so let's hear uh, who Lili, who Trey's missing in their. Uh, ideal dunk contest and three-point contest um you know fields the participants let us know in the stream team tweet at us at no dunk sync let us know in the youtube comments email no dunks at the athletic.com just let us know all right that was a lot of fun guys we gotta take one more break and then we'll get to another bradley beal trade all right <laughs> Tra- what do you got selling a little yeah cha-ching or a lot <laughs> 
Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling savory sausages or offering ostentatious oddities, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. No matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the United States, and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way, because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash nodunks, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash no dunks now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash no dunks. Been doing a bunch of retirement planning stuff lately. So I've had documents flying in and out the mailbox. A lot of signatures, both analog and digital. A lot of phone calls, a lot of stamps. Got to get my long-term future straight. Yeah. Let me tell you, Skeets. The things we build our future around are the things worth protecting. Making an estate plan now means gaining security of your assets and peace of mind for you and your loved ones. Watch your assets. With Trust and Will, you can create and manage a custom estate plan starting at just $199. Go to trustandwill.com slash nodunks for 10% off plus free document shipping. Trust and Will's website is simple to use and the process is straightforward. In no time, you'll have peace of mind that your assets and wishes are secure with easy access and control of your estate planning. Each will or trust is state-specific and customized to your needs, whether it be care wishes, nomination guardians, final arrangements, or power of attorney. It's easy to ensure your family and loved ones avoid lengthy, expensive legal proceedings or the state deciding what happens to your assets. Secure your assets and protect your loved ones with trust and will. Get 10% off plus free shipping of your estate plan documents by visiting trustandwill.com slash nodunks. That's 10% off and free shipping at trustandwill.com slash nodunks. Incredible. All right, Lily. now is the time of the podcast for you to anger the people out there with your latest <laughs> Bradley Beal trade offer. Though, I will say once again, uh, Fred Katz, Sham Sharanya of The Athletic, just had an article go up on The Athletic saying Beal has so far expressed he wants to remain in Washington and has not indicated he prefers to be traded. Why do you want to keep trading him, Lily? But uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But, like, what do you got today? Because we yeah. had a lot of fun yesterday. You Again, you angered so many people. Like, I, I'm, I, there's almost one I want to read from Instagram, like, that once you, like, fired some for some reason. Like, it's crazy. People are going nuts. I know. Uh, but what do you got? Yeah. Yeah, I, I know. And, and I sort of, I said on the show yesterday, I got a little bit too carried away. I said, I'll come up with a new one every day to have some fun. And then I just saw the comments coming through and I'm like, oh, man, what have I done here? Anyway, we're in this situation, so you may as well go through with it now. And it's funny because um, 
I said yesterday late on the show, I said, I'm trying to get him to the Raptors. And um, the the real problem I found is, I, you know, you're not going to trade him straight up for Kyle Lowry. That's just not going to happen. Siakam, OG is not going to happen. So I thought, how can the Raptors entice the Wizards uh, while also improving and giving up one of their young pieces? And Fred Van Vliet's the name that, that came up, but he can't be traded until February 21st. But we actually got an, a message this morning from someone, uh, Louis Allen, Louis Allen, who came up with a deal. And I actually, this was kind of what I was trying to work on yesterday. And then I realized like, okay, let's just pretend that he can be traded. I mean, it's only 19 days away. So, you know, this one will take some time to get done, but it can work. And the deal is it's Beal to the Raptors for Freddie, Norm. The Raptors obviously easily give up Norm. And then two first rounders, because in that sense, the Wizards are taking on Norm just to make the deal work. They're getting Fred, who is only one year younger than Bradley Beal. It felt like he was a lot younger, but he's not. Mm-hmm. So you're getting a, you know, a young, good uh, player there in Freddie, and then you're getting those two first rounders. The Raptors immediately become a better team. But Fred, Fred's a better, pl- uh, excuse me, Beal is a better player than Fred Van Vliet, as good as Fred has been, and he's, he's been fantastic, especially in the playoffs for them the last couple of the seasons. But I think the uh, I think the Raptors do that, and I think the Wizards would probably do that as well. I think that's a that's a pretty good return for Beal. You're getting you're basically getting you know the two draft picks and Fred, and then do whatever you want there with Normie because uh, Normie he's a little bit frustrating, isn't he, Skeety? There for a Raptors fan, for sure. Uh, he has his moments, no doubt about it. He's been really good at times, but uh, that consistency is still just not there. I think so. I think that's not a bad deal. It does keep him in the Eastern Conference. I'm trying to get him to the Western Conference because I think the Wizards would prefer to deal him out West. But uh, I think that's the sort of move. I think that I, I think that Masai Ujiri would make that move. I don't think Masai would trade Kyle Lowry to a team like the Wizards, even though Masai is ruthless. I don't, just don't think he would do that. So I don't think that's a bad deal. For the Raptors? I think that's yeah. a great deal. I think the uh, I never think you have a problem with the team getting Bradley Beal. I think it's maybe the return, but uh, I mean you're getting like I think it's going to still just take more draft capital to get Bradley Beal. Um, uh, truthfully, um, but Van Vliet as a as a like you said, uh, he, that's Send the thing. He's not like a young piece. <laughs> he's not Tyler Hero age. He's not Michael Porter Jr. age. So that's where you run into trouble. But he's a damn mm. good player, and he's under contract now. At, you know, at a fairly reasonable deal, like that Brockton level deal. So yeah, he's a good good player that you could start to build a team around. Um, Going to take a little bit more, I think, from from Washington's, or they're just not all that interested in you know Fred VanVleet being the key piece. Raptors, sign me up. I love it. Absolutely <laughs> love making uh, Siakam paired with uh, Bradley Beal. And, uh, of course, Lowry's still there in OG. Oh, yeah, they would do that in a heartbeat. But uh, I don't think the Wizards trade. Maybe I'm wrong. What do you think? Well, what if they're all on the phone together and Tommy Shepard says, give me Siakam. We'll do Siakam for Bradley Beal. Siakam and some picks. Are you in on that, Skeets? Mm. Would you be willing to give up uh, Pascal Siakam? Certainly younger, but I don't think he's quite on Beal's level. Siakam obviously gives you it on both ends of the court. You'd be changing who you're building around. Are yeah. you more confident building around Bradley Beal, which has not worked out for Washington? Maybe you got a better team builder there in Toronto, or would you rather build around Pascal Siakam? The team's been great. Playoff performance, not as much less. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm not hanging up the phone. I'm, I'm, I'm talking it out. I'm thinking it over for sure if I'm the Raptors in that situation uh, in some sort of deal where Beal comes and Siakam moves. Yeah, but man, that is, it's difficult because, you know, Beal... 
under contract what for really only he's got the player option right in his in, in two from now yeah so i mean he could be out soon if he wanted to uh where siakam of course locked up long term though i'm with you Beal, much better player than siakam right now and i would say for the next probably couple of years that's a tough one that's a tough one the Van Vliet one I do immediately. I, I oh, think yeah. a little bit more on the Siakam. But all right, yeah, Lily, I mean, that's not bad. Okay, yeah. I'm sure you angered some people, but who cares? <laughs> Man, Fred Van Vliet would be awesome next to Bradley Beal. Once you're saying them in the same trade, it's like that would be a perfect backcourt right there. Those two mm. guys together, Fred playing a little defense, catching and shooting, creating when he needs to. Wonderful. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the, the contract situation there. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't think Masai would care about the, the long-term uh, aspect there of Beal's deal, whether or not he decides to leave in two seasons. I mean, that's what he took the chance on with Kawhi Leonard to, to, to go in that But But now. hold on, he might care if he, unless he believes adding Beal to the current Raptors like makes him a legitimate title contender in the next year or two. Now, I'm not sure it does that. Like, they're not like an elite, elite team, no, are they? they? No, no, they're not elite, but no. they, uh, you know, they're, they're better. They're better with Beal yeah. on the team, you know. They're uh, better, but my point is, you. I think you got to take into consideration the contract at that point, how quickly he could be out. Unless it's like a Kawhi situation where, you know, Beal, look, I got Beal is probably close to a, I don't know, I'd have to go through the list, but what? Where is he? Top 10? He's top 15, let's say, easily. Probably closer even to top 10. But he's not Kawhi. There are like those handful of guys like Kawhi and LeBron and stuff like that where it's like, yeah. oh yeah, I'm a title contender if he's on my team and he's healthy. Beal's not that. He's just not. So I think... I'm just saying you take into consideration how quickly he could move out. You're laughing. What are you reading? Uh, I'm reading the comments already. <laughs> okay. Oh, well, don't, Lee. What are you doing, man? Stand in the comments. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. They're getting oh, to you. Man. It's funny. Isn't it funny, though, what gets people angry? Like, just, just a, a proposed, you know, deal. Oh, what are you talking about? That's crazy. <laughs> I just like to know that we all have our, our faults because Lily, you are the most liked person it felt like in the world and on the internet, but you offer a couple bad build trades and suddenly you're the enemy and should be oh, fired. I mean, man, it turns quickly, man. man. The people are ruthless. They are. They are. All right. So, you. so what are you retiring the Bradley Beal trade package uh, bit here? Uh, well, well, uh, I'm not, I'm not, Promising, I'll have one for tomorrow. But if I can find one, I'll keep waiting. Like come say, come with one for for Trey Kirby's Bulls. Come on, tomorrow. mate. Yeah. Come yeah. on. Well, mate. okay. Bill all right. Donovan, all right. Bradley Beal's right. college coach, Otto Porter, back oh, yeah. to Washington. Get him out of here. You want Kobe White? Take him. There you go. Beal and Levine. We're talking seventy-five points from your backcourt every night. They're giving up seventy-four. <laughs> Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> That's a win, though. Still seventy-five. That's right. Seventy-four. So, all right. I'm doing the Bulls tomorrow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, baby. I can't wait. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. uh, Chuck Swirsky. Little dance in Swirsky. That's a new visual drop I didn't know we had. Good stuff, JD. Okay, let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. So, this is a story um, that a lot of people were sharing on Twitter yesterday. Um, but it's actually from last Thursday when Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson had the always shy and timid Kendrick Perkins on their podcast, All the Smoke. It's uh, episode 69. Nice. If you want to check it out, um, I scrubbed through it. It's a it's a fun listen. But uh, the part that everyone is talking about was when uh, Perk from his perspective, confirms the rumors that James Harden stunk during the 2012 finals because he was enjoying the Miami nightlife too much. 
so here, here's a clip of him uh, talking about OKC beating the Spurs and heading into the finals to face LeBron and the Heat. After we won the conference finals, I saw the energy in everybody, and they had act like we won the championship. And you expect that out of some young guys, but I'm like, man, we got these motherfuckers who over here waiting on us, who waiting for their first title run with a veteran team of Mike Miller, James Jones. Like, you know, they got all these motherfuckers who chasing they, they hardware. So we end up getting game one. They got game two. But when we went to Miami, man, we could not get a win to save our life, man. I mean, Russ and KD came to play. I had a couple double-doubles. Serge was doing pretty good. But, man, James ain't give us shit. And you know why. <laughs> Motherfucking <laughs> king of diamonds and everything caught a hole in his ass, man. We couldn't get a win. <laughs> See, in San Antonio, look. In San Antonio, he didn't have a damn thing to do. Shit, yeah, motherfucker, we got cooking. to my... Yeah, we got some motherfucking Miami shit. It was everything, motherfucker. Dude, we couldn't get that motherfucker to buy a bucket of that motherfucker. <laughs> he sure was killing us in San Antonio, bro. God damn. That's tough. Yeah, he had That's to tough. get his rest. In Miami, he couldn't get his rest. Motherfucker was out here in motherfucking night. <laughs> <laughs> Never mincing words. No. Words, but, uh,. Well, he only used about three words. I was that's, yeah, that's true. Uh, I got my work cut up for me after the show. Yeah, jeez, you did that to yourself, man. I don't yeah, feel bad for you. This I one, did. it was it was too good. But it also reminded me of uh, a time uh, when we were uh, in All Star. One of our crew members uh, got a little. Uh, he succumbed a little to the uh, Toronto uh, nightlife, the White Vegas nightlife, yes. and uh, definitely not on his A game that year. But hey. It happens. It happens. Wasn't well, one of any of us. It was a crew member. But, yeah, uh, right, right, right. Um, you know, the, the thing is, though, has James Harden, because I got the theory that he gets, you know, he gets better. He gets stronger the later he stays out, the more strip clubs he attends. Uh, so maybe that, it was, that was early in his career, though. Yeah, was, it was he, only 22. It was, he was caught up in, the, in yeah. the lights and the excitement of it, maybe. Uh, but uh, anyway, I thought that was kind of, kind of cool. That's a great tweet. It's a great tweet. And the numbers back it up. If you go check, like, Harden in that finals, especially in Miami, uh, I don't think he was really all that great in the finals at all, but especially in Miami, he did struggle to shoot the ball, for sure. Yeah. I do love Perk throwing in the, like, I had a couple yeah, double-doubles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You didn't, buddy. You had one double-double. Yeah. Russ, KD, they brought it. Serge is all right. I had a couple double-doubles. He throws it in there, just slips it in there. Uh, but yeah, great tweet of the night well, yeah, there. Yeah, you gotta love a guy that actually says stuff on a show, though, right? I mean, oh, I sure. remember like uh, we had guests all the time. I'm not gonna say who it is, but I remember one time you guys were. It was early in the season, and you guys were just asking this this former player, uh, "Who who's who's MVP this year? Who's MVP?" And he he wouldn't say. He would list. He listed like eight or nine players. <laughs> it wasn't Magic Johnson, though. No, it was not <laughs> Magic Johnson. Uh, but as soon as we were off the air, he was like, it's Giannis. It's, it's yeah. going to be Giannis. Yeah. So it's like, like, why, why you couldn't you have said that on the air? You know, yeah. like nobody says anything. So yeah. love him or hate him, Kendrick, at least he's got opinions and he's, and he's not shy about sharing them. So it's pretty incredible too, like, uh, that he can go on, you know, um, ESPN. What show is he on mainly that perks always appearing? Oh, he's on the dreams. What's that? 
Oh, he's on these, hoop streams and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, for yeah. sure. He's like obviously making appearances on a lot of ESPN shows, but he can uh, you know turn off the uh, MFers when he's yeah. uh, doing uh, live <laughs> television. And well, let's be honest, Chuck is the same way. I yeah. mean, oh, yeah. whenever I would, t- would just shoot the shit with him, it was just like. Wow, holy. It, it took <laughs> you amazing. aback because you're used to seeing him on TV and he never swears, but man, he's he's a he's got a bit of a, a bit of a salty language on him. Yes, yes. All right. So Perk uh, coming through with Tweet of the Night. JD loving that little story there. Great stuff. Pick him results. Last night. Oh guys, tough loss for us here on the Daily Show. We had the Suns. Okay, you're uh, you're going, you know, the Suns won, man. You just talked about it earlier. Well, they won, but they didn't win by two. It won by one. So Tassie swerving, taking the Mavericks plus one and a half. That's a victory for him, despite Dallas actually losing the game. So Tass needed this start. He's 1-0 here in February. Everybody else is 0-1-1. Tonight's game, Clippers-Nets. Okay, there's uh, I think there's six games on. We got a TNT doubleheader tonight. Clippers-Nets, though, small line. Nets favored by one and a half at home. Difficult one here. They always are. Uh, Lili, where are you going? You know, I have a... A thing that I never pick against Kevin Durant, right. but I'm going to tonight because the Clippers have been just playing such great basketball. So uh, I'll take the Clippers. Okay, that's a a strong pick. It's uh, obviously they're not even favorites in mm. this tray. Is that a little weird? Uh, the Nets had that crazy loss to the Wizards, scored a, you know ten thousand points, but gave up ten thousand and one. And wasn't Kyrie saying like we couldn't? I couldn't guard a stick. stick. Is that what he's saying? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so maybe do they come out with any sort of defensive identity or uh, intensity, I should say, tonight? Or do they just not have it? What do you what do you think? Nets favored by one and a half. Where you go? That's probably why the Nets are favored. Yeah. But I'm with Lee on this one. I'm going to go the Clippers. They're not favored, despite the fact that they've been playing really good basketball for the past couple of weeks, looking like one of the three or four best teams in the league. Give me L.A. Mm. I'll swerve tonight. I don't know what Tass is doing. I'll take the Nets. I think Harden's back, right? I mean, he did list, miss the uh, last game versus uh, the Wizards there in the loss. A lot of firepower out there tonight if all these guys are playing. I I, I actually don't know. I assume Kawhi and Paul George are playing. They, they, they have been. Maybe yeah, one they, of them's out of yeah. Okay. We will see. So I'll take the Nets to win by two or more. You guys got the Clippers to cover. Let's find out who Tass has. Clippers, Nets on TNT. Woo, woo, woo. I'll take the Clippers based on the way the Nets are playing defense recently. There it is. All right. Three of you guys going with the Clippers on the road. I'm the only one swerving tonight, taking the Nets at home. All right. Fun show. Long show. Did we anger some people? God, I hope so. (laughs) Email us your questions for tomorrow's Beach Stepping Pod. Maybe we'll have a whole segment of people saying, what's up with this Lee Ellis guy and his dumb traits? Yeah, email those at nodunksattheathletic.com and like and comment. Subscribe to uh, No Dunks on YouTube. Thank you if you have already. Really appreciate it. Grab your No Dunks merch at nodunks.com. New merch is available. And look, subscribe to The Athletic already. Go to No Dunks. Excuse me, theathletic.com slash no dunks. You can subscribe for $3.99 a month. So you can go read that Katz and Shams article about Bradley Beal not wanting to be traded Lee. Jesus, man. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. That just proves that Beal watches the show because he wanted to come out and emphasize I'm not Mm. looking to be traded. He saw all the trade packages. So uh, that's great to know. He's tuning in. Hey, Bradley. Thanks for tuning in. Please subscribe if you haven't already. Okay, Clipper Bros. <laughs> you heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember to watch tonight Courtside Karen and Old Steroid Ass Reunion Show on Bravo TV, 10 o'clock p.m. Eastern. Be sure to tune in. Embrace the day, people. You could stay. 
as you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.